If you have your Bible, let's take it to Judges chapter 8. Judges chapter 8. And um, you got your prayer list. Make sure we take it home and try to pray for those that are sick. And uh, Judges chapter 8. This is the last story, if you will, of Gideon. Uh, We've talked about, we've been going through the life, the lives of the judges. And so this is the last story of the life of Gideon. Uh, to be honest with you, it's a very sad story um, how Gideon's story ends, and I really had never paid that close of attention, I guess. I've read it, and I just never studied it out a little bit, but it's, it's pretty sad what takes place here at the end of Gideon's life. Some of the verses will be on the papers. Did you guys get papers? Does anybody have a paper? Nope. We do not have papers. Alyssa, would you get that for me, babe? Judges chapter 8. And uh, some of the verses will be on those pages there. Some of them will not be. Uh, because of this big, lengthy bit of Scripture, the pages probably, I mean, all the verses will not be on there. So. I'm look at two different aspects here of this story. Judges chapter 8, let's begin reading in verse number 22. Verse number 22. And uh, so this is after Zamet, Zeba, and Zalama has been defeated. Gideon, uh, Gideon's 300 men. Mama may want one too, baby. I don't know you already have one. And um, so this is after they've defeated the Midianites. This is after uh, they have peace in the land for 40 years. And let's go ahead and read together in verse number 22. We'll read the first... Uh, We'll read five verses together and then take a couple thoughts there and go to the next one there. So Judges chapter 8 and verse 22, the Bible says, Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's son also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you, and the Lord shall rule over you. And Gideon said unto him, unto them, I would desire a request of you that you would give me every man the earrings of his prey, for they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. And uh, they answered, uh, We will willingly give them. And they spread a garment and did cast therein every man the earrings of his prey. And the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold, beside ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was uh, was on the kings of Midian, and beside the chains uh, that were about the camels' necks. And Gideon made an ephah thereof, and put it in the city, even in e- in Orphrah. And all Israel went thither, a whoring after it, which thing became a snare unto Gideon and to his house. Now, as we look at this, it is very interesting, if you will, number one in tonight's lesson is the plea. That in this text, there's two different pleas, there's two different requests, if you will, however you would like to say it. In verse number 22, the men of Israel... I asked Gideon to rule over them. In verse number 22, they said, Gideon, would you rule 
over us. That is their request. Now, as we look at this, and, and ultimately, I, I think that they probably made a good decision by asking Gideon, hey, would you rule over us? Look what Gideon did to the Midianites. Look what Gideon did uh, for the children of Israel. Uh, he defeated the Midianites. He conquered them. He got rid of the kings. I mean, a very, very good accomplishment. Uh, look, sometimes uh, we need to take leaders like this and make them uh, a leadership, right? That's what we need. We need good, strong uh, men to, to lead the way. Now, here it is. They wanted him to rule. But you see Gideon's response. What was Gideon's response to them when they asked this question? Gideon said in verse number 23, and Gideon said, I will not rule over you. Now, I don't know. Now, we'll read the rest of this verse in just a second, but why would Gideon tell them no? Why would Gideon tell them, I will not rule over you? Gideon was a judge, was he not? Gideon was kind of already, if you will, ruling over them. But ultimately, if you'll look what Gideon says in verse number 23, he said, the Lord shall rule over you. So what was Gideon saying? Gideon said, I will not rule over you. You're asking me to be your leader. You're asking me to be the king, if you will. He said, but I don't want to be the king. Uh, there's not but one person that needs to be the king, and that's Jesus. So why would Gideon make this statement? Why does he say it? Why does he tell him no? Why does he tell him, no, I, I don't want to be the king. I don't want it. I, I, I think that Jesus needs to be your king. Why do you think Gideon would make a statement like that? Why, why do you think that would be? One thing, he didn't want to send Israel back to a, a, like a dictatorship or a king that would rule over them. He felt that God could rule over these people a lot better than he could. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... He, you know, they would fall into temptation with him ruling because he, he's human. He makes mistakes right. like everybody right. Make mistakes and leave them wrong. All right. Where God would not. Yes, sir. There's not, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I mean, it's pure supposition what we think what he would have thought. You don't understand that, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us why Gideon said no. But ultimately, anybody else? Anybody else have a thought or question about that? Right. 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 Anybody else could think anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think I personally personally believe. Like he says that uh, let you know let Christ be the ruler, let the Lord be the ruler. I think it's I think it's kind of similar to church. 
You know, we have to allow the, you know, we might have a pastor, all right, and uh, he's supposed to lead the way, but ultimately, I'm not the leader. You know, ultimately, he's the leader. If the Lord's not leading this whole thing, then we're all up a creek without a paddle. We're, we're going the wrong direction. And so, as we even, even look at um, what takes place in America with government and all the governments across the world, who do we need, to, who do we need leading our country? We don't need another president or another congressman or another senator. We need the Lord to be the leader. And so Gideon was, in my opinion, Gideon was trying to say to these people, look, look, it doesn't matter if I'm the ruler, if my sons are the rulers, you don't want me to be the ruler because I'm a man. I'm going to fail. I'm going to, I'm not always going to do right, but you want to be the ruler. Let the Lord be the ruler. Now, how... How true is that to say that in our own personal life, we need to let the Lord be the ruler of our life. Everything that we do and everything that we say and everything that we watch and everything that we see and do, we need to let the Lord be the ruler of our life. I mean, that's what Gideon was saying. Look, let the Lord be the ruler. Does the Lord need to be the ruler in our life? Does the, ruler, does the Lord need to be the ruler in our government? Does the Lord need to be the ruler in our church? The Lord needs to be the ruler in our, in our homes, in our families, in our children, and all that, all of that. Uh, the Lord needs to be the ruler. Not me. Not me. Even my children. My children, I need to point them to the Savior. So that was the first request. Any other thoughts or questions before I move on? Yes. That's where you're you come in. Yes. And that's where I think Gideon comes in. Yes. To point the people and that's like Moses mm-hmm. and other leaders. But when you don't put God first, like the children of Israel, when they quit going to God for their leadership, that's when they fail. That's right. And and so many times people fail because they don't to God. That's right. And ask for God's that's what right. he would do in this case or what right. God's leadership. And we know through this, right? Right. Through that's this. exactly right. And basically, uh, that's what judges were. They were people that were just pointing people to the Savior. They weren't necessarily ruling and reigning like what takes place in first and second first Kings and uh, the first Samuel and all that. That that's what takes place there is Israel wants a king and God gives him a king, but ultimately, ultimately, that's what takes place is the king is the ruler. Uh, but in the book of Judges, it's more like, hey, point to the Savior. And so jo- jo- uh, Gideon, I still want to say Joshua, but Gideon says, no, 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 no. I, I, I want to be king. I just want to keep pointing you to the Savior. And you have to, you need a leader. You need somebody, even in the home. God ordained the home. God ordained the man to be the leader in the home. To so point to what? To point to the Savior, to lead to the Savior. That's what the job of the, of the man is, like it or not. That's, that's what God ordained that to be. And God ordained the church that the pastor lead the way. But hey, we're going this way. Come on, point to the Savior. You know, and, and there's ever a day when I don't point to the Savior, then I'm in trouble. At, in my home, in my life, in my church, same way, same way. Yes, sir. Nah. 
<laughs> Maybe she'll get in line, huh? <sighs> you better watch out. You better watch out. <sighs> Amen. So, you know, the questions. Let's look at the second request that was made, or the second plea, if you will. Number one was the Israelites to Gideon, but number two is the Gideon to the people. Gideon makes a request in verse number 24, or, or a plea. He said, and Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you that ye would give me every man the earrings of his prey. You know, who is the prey? The people they had conquered, the men and women that they had conquered. He said, I want, I want you to bring me the golden earrings from the Ishmaelites because they, I guess it was a signification that they were Ishmaelites based on what they wore. And they wore uh, golden earrings. All right. And so in verse number 25, his request is made known to the children of Israel. And verse number 25 says, and, uh, and they answered, we will. And they willingly gave, gave them unto him and they spread a garment and they cast them all in there. All the earrings and the, and the necklaces and all the things they collected from their enemy. And look at this weight. A thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold uh, Gideon collected uh, for this. Now, and what is he collecting it for? And, and this is, if you will, in my opinion, a downfall of Gideon. Uh, Gideon's fall, if you will, his mistake at the end of his life. He gets all this gold together and the different garments, as you see there, uh, and garments and ornaments and raiment and uh, of the kings of the Midian and the chains from the camel's necks. And verse 27, and Gideon made an ephah thereof and put it in the city. Now, I don't know if this ephah was made of that gold but it would make sense that that's what it was made out of because that's what the people gave. That not that the, the ephah couldn't have been made of the materials that was given. And you say, what's an ephah? An ephah would be like considered to be like a robe, if I understand correctly. And it was just kind of a big robe that would be worn. But if you'll notice, Gideon didn't want it to wear. Gideon didn't want the ephah to wear. He wanted to present it and put it in the middle of the city. Even in Orpha and all Israel went therefore thither a whoring after it. Now what does that mean? That these children of Israel went a whoring after the ephah that Gideon built, that Gideon had made. They begin to worship it. They begin to bow down to it. Why in the world would Gideon make this ephah for people to look at and put it in the middle of the city for all the children of Israel to come by? Did he want them to worship it? I don't know, but I just know that Gideon should not have made an idol for the children of Israel to look at because there's not but one idol, that there's not but one person that needs to be glorified, there's not but one person that needs to be prayed to, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We shouldn't bow down to idols. We shouldn't worship idols. We don't need to bow down to statues because statues, there ain't nothing there except just a bunch of metal or iron or gold or whatever it may be, but there's nothing there. And so here's Gideon, he builds this ephah, he puts it in the middle of the city and it becomes something that hurts the children of Israel. 
Now, verse number 27 says, which thing became a snare. Unto Gideon and to his house. What does a snare mean? A trap? A problem. A problem. An issue. Because Gideon decided he would take the gold and the materials and whatever he did. I don't know exactly what he made it out of, but he collected all those earrings. He collected all those garments and he made an ephah. That's all I know. And he put it in the middle of the city. And that became a snare to the children of Israel. It became a snare to Gideon and his family. The Bible teaches, it doesn't say it, but it teaches us that if we give the devil any space, he'll take a bunch more. I've always heard that if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. What, what Gideon should have never done is he never should have made an idol. Now, did he on purpose want it to be worshipped? Probably not. But he shouldn't have made an idol in the middle of the city for people to come by because he knew that they would worship it. Christians, there's things that we shouldn't do. There's places we shouldn't go just simply because it will be a snare to our family. It'd be a snare. Bible teaches us not to be a stumbling block to those, our, our fellow brothers and sisters, be a stumbling block to our family. This ephah that he built was a snare, was a stumbling block, was a falling point for his family. Not only was it a falling point for Gideon, but it also was for his family. Any questions or thoughts? You know, it makes you wonder, did he realize what he was doing? I don't know. You know, and, and it's just like when they built the gold calf, you know, mm-hmm. when they gathered all the earrings right. and the gold that what Aaron did. Aaron, the devil got a hold of something. That's right. And he got a hold here, but we're humans, and that's how he sneaks in. That's right. It is true. It is true. Because, you know, Gideon was a leader, uh, military-wise, man. He was top-notch, man. Trusted God, did what God wanted him to. God provided. God won a victory, a huge victory. But, but on this side of things, he shouldn't have done that. But then also his morality was a failure as well. Look down in verse number, uh, verse number 30. The Bible says, and Gideon had three score and ten sons. How many is that? That's 70. Yeah. 70 sons of his body begotten, for he had how many wives? Many. many. His morality was messed up. Yeah, that, that, ben, your morality is messed up. Look, the, the Bible, God has always intended, always has been from the day one, it's been one man. One woman, and that's what God has intended. And Gideon, hey, here he is, 70 boys. 70 boys. 70 young men that he raises. How many wives did he have to have to have 70 children? 70 boys, not counting the girls. Man, what, his, what was wrong with Gideon? Not only did he set this ephah up uh, and it caused idolatry. Not, I don't know for sure that he knew exactly what was going on. But he did know his morality was completely messed up. 
Our morality, our moral compass is so off base today. Uh, it is one woman, one man is what God intended. That's what God has intended. This world has messed up the morals and messed up the morality. And God's intent for man was one woman and one man. That's God's intent. The homosexuality that's taking place in our country is wicked. The, the, trans, the trans stuff is, is against the Bible. All those things that are taking place is against the word of God. But look, getting messed up. And because Gideon messed up, he caused the children of Israel to fall into idolatry and his morals was messed up. When you start worshiping things you shouldn't worship, your morals become messed up. Yes, sir. Do you think that uh, all the wives, it was just like King Solomon, led him away? Uh, it could have been. Two idol worship? It could have been. It could have been. They had. What in the world, man? <laughs> <laughs> it was the woman. It was the woman thou gavest me. Isn't that what any of that what Adam said? Look, wicked, wicked. I, I don't know. You know, it could have been. That's what the Bible teaches us about Saul. You know, it was all those all the women that he had. But I mean, it's the same thing. His morals became messed up. He worship. He you start worshiping wrong, and it messes with your morals. You lose who you worship, and it messes with the morals. And that's exactly what's taking place today. It's, you're not worshiping God. Right. Not worshiping the Bible. Not worshiping the Word of God. Any other questions, comments? Well, um, bringing up abortion, that's, that's, really, that's a morality problem. It is a moral problem. Very big morality problem. They want to live like animals and then not be responsible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a moral. It happens. It happens when when your moral compass is no longer the Word of God, and that's the thing that I, I talked to a guy. One kid, he was talking to me. Uh, he was a philosophy major or something like that, and uh, university he was going to, and uh, I he was talking about a moral. Um, ethics, ethics or something like that. I said, what's happened is our moral compass is gone. And what's a moral compass? What makes, what makes stealing wrong? What makes lying wrong? What makes lying wrong to me is that it's against the Bible. But if I take away my moral compass, my moral compass right here, if I take that away, what makes lying wrong? Just based on your opinion, there's nothing that makes lying wrong. There's nothing that makes stealing wrong. There's nothing that makes sin wrong. Because you have no moral compass. My moral compass is the Word of God. And what makes sin, sin, is the Word of God. And you cannot get away from it. It is sin. If the Bible says it's sin, it's sin. No matter what. And Gideon got away from whatever happened. His, he changed his morals. He started worshiping idols. But now, sad. Sadly, it happened. Sadly, it happened. So... It's, it's terrible. He made that request, and it caused his downfall. But if you will see, lastly, number two is the backslide. I could have mentioned uh, Gideon's in that too, but I wanted to focus in on the children of Israel. Now, in verse number 32, the Bible says, And in in Gideon, the son of Joash, died in a good old age and was buried in the sepulcher of Joash's father of Ophrah of the Abrazites.
This is sad. Listen to what it says in verse number 33. And it came to pass, as soon as Gideon died, the children of Israel turned again and went a-whoring after Balaam and made Belrith their god. So the moment they put Gideon in the grave, they went down, ran down the road, started worshiping Baal, and got them a new god. What in the world? Man, what a backslide. What a backward slide. Verse number 34 explains why they did it. The Bible says, And the children of Israel remembered not. They remembered not the Lord their God. How do they not remember? How do they not remember that Gideon and his men stood on the sides of the valley and stood, a hundred stood here and a hundred stood here and a hundred stood there. And they clapped the, the uh, pitchers and they won. 120,000 Midianites died in the ha- by the hands of 300 men. How do they not remember? Miracle of God. How do they not remember? It's a miracle of God. How do they not remember? They chose not to remember. They didn't teach their children. Hmm? Because if I don't teach my daughter the things that I've been taught, she'll never know. If you don't teach your grandchildren, your children, the things you know, they will never know what you know. They'll never know it. And then they won't remember. They won't remember because we won't teach them. You know, I wonder though at times if people don't become so say wrapped up in what's going on that they start taking things that should be that they should have remembered. Just like now. Just like now. We've got the word. That's right, so we do. Many people. I'm so satisfied with sitting home, watching TV. I don't want to get dressed tonight. Uh, I've got school tomorrow. I've got church. I mean, not church, but I've got work tomorrow. I just uh, don't want to put forth the effort. You get lazy. I think we get, we, I just don't get, we all get lazy. We get to the point that we don't put what we should. We don't put our God ahead of other things. And we let other things creep into our life. And mm-hmm. like you said earlier, all the devil needs is that little, little bit of spot. That's right. And, and, right. and once they get that, and Gideon started heading the children here, the children of Israel, here when he built that epoch. And then it just went on from that I heard a statement by a preacher many years ago. I said many years ago. A few years ago, he said, what you do in moderation as a parent, your children will do in excess. My children, what I do in moderation, my children will do in excess. Um, it's scary. You know, we have to stay true to this book. We have to stay true to God's word. Um, and we have to be a, a seeker after the Lord. 
We can't allow those who come behind us to forget what God has done. Don't ever get tired. Don't ever quit telling your stories how God saved you. Don't ever quit telling how God's answered your prayer. Don't ever quit telling the miracles that you've seen in God's life. Your grandkids have heard it a million times. You sit down and you shut up and you listen to me. Tell my story how God did this for me. Because I don't want you to ever forget what God has done. Don't ever, t- don't ever stop telling that story. Because I, wanna, I, want, I want my kids to know. They'll never know how true this Bible is if I don't tell them. And that if they don't see it. Don't quit telling that story. Any questions or any thoughts? I'm done. All right, let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for everyone that's here. I pray that you...